like to remind the Zoomers to mute themselves and the people here to silent your phone. And I'd like to welcome you. Good morning. My name is Susan, and welcome to Unity Center for Positive Living. We will start today by reading the Daily Word. And the word for today is grace. I walk in grace and peace today. I give thanks for the activity of God in my life that appears as grace. This divine gift manifests as the beauty of the world and the people in it, and as the comforting presence of God within and around me each day. I do not have to do anything to earn grace because it does not result from my attitude or actions. It flows from the infinite love of God within every person and surrounding every circumstance. It is the indwelling presence that sustains me in challenging times and lifts me in good times. I accept grace with gratitude when I have stumbled along life's path and received unexpected blessings. This boundless love fills my heart with bliss and peace. I live in the presence of infinite love, believing each unfolding event in my life is leading me to my highest good. And from 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you. And we will sing through the presence together. We sing this two times. And Right. 
There is only one, one presence and one power, active as the universe and as my life, God the good. And our welcoming song this morning is Love Never Dies, and you may stand for this. And this um, song was written by Dallas, so that's extra special.
Say yeah. hi while they're all over there moving right. around. You know, they get to talk and they can't stop. Donnie, are you able to turn off the sound so we can say hi to each other? The sound to the church? You can't hear me. You got. Yes. No frogs today. That's unusual. Yeah, that's unusual. 
So it's time for our announcements. This is the fourth Sunday, and so today is the discussion with the Circle America Book and Film Group, and it's going to be the uh, YouTube talk from Tim Weiss that he did at a community college outside of Washington, D.C. He was here a month ago at Centralia College. He is a dynamic speaker who talks about anti-racism. He's an advocate who's toured the country and outside the country for the last 20 to 30 years. So um, it's really, really good. And even if you have not seen this, I think you'd still get something out of the discussion. So the information is in the email that comes out weekly. So, and if we don't have your email address, please let us know. We don't have to be here. There are people around the country that join. So let's go if you have to be on your first. It's three o'clock, three to four thirty on the fourth Sunday. Every month. Now next Sunday. If you if you look on the on our website, there's a link so that you can join. It's on a Zoom. It's on a Zoom uh, meeting. And it's all and the the talk is on a link right on there too. So you can just click right on that and go directly to the YouTube. Next Sunday is the long-awaited meditation workshop. You've maybe seen these around. There's some posted in the church here and around town. Penny, uh, thank you for this great flyer. It's wonderful. And it's from noon after our service until 2 o'clock. It's given by John Wingfield, who will also be our speaker next week. And I think it's going to be great. So whether you're a long time meditator or someone who has thought, might be an interesting thing to do. Uh, you are welcome, and I think it will be great. It's offered on a love offering basis. We have a few of these flyers still, and so if you would make a few, maybe three, and uh, post them in places you go today or tomorrow, that would be awesome, so that more people can be aware of this. Where are the flags? I have them and I will okay. do something. You don't even have to well, say please. <laughs> I don't believe so. I think it's kind of an in-person experience. Okay, are there any other announcements? Okay. Well then, let's say our unity statement together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others revealed the law and God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And our song of joy today is I Behold the Christ in You.
what is this? A Buddhist um, prayer that was originally brought about by a Zen Roshi who was an old master, um, Bernie Glassman, who took people on homeless retreats in the streets of New York, also took people to Auschwitz with his nonprofit organization, Zen Peace Masters, where they stayed for a week offering prayers and religious ceremonies. The prayer reflects Bernie's great compassion and caring for all beings, not just the ones who we can see, but all beings in all stages and planes of existence. It's an offering to all beings of a meal to allay the pain of the unending, relentless hunger that can never be satisfied. The word Bodhi is the Buddhist term referring to the final enlightenment. And the prayer goes like this. Hungry hearts, everywhere through endless time, you who wander, you who thirst, I offer you this Bodhi mind, calling all you hungry spirits everywhere through endless time, calling out to hungry hearts all the lost and the left behind. Gather around and share this meal, your joy and your sorrow. I make it mine.
if you would join me, we will say them together. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and in the perfect way. Today, we will be saying the progressive Lord's Prayer together, followed by the Alleluia. So please join me. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come, I am thy will be done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all people from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power, and I am the glory of God in eternal immortal manifestation. All this I am. Good morning. I want to start off by acknowledging how wonderful my visit was September 17th and how I love meeting all those of you who were present and in person. So exciting. And I am so grateful. And I want to also give a special mention to whoever made that wonderful apple crisp. I loved it. Thank you for your hospitality, your friendship, and getting to know each other really up the level of 
of our uh, connection. Would you say yes? So a wonderful quality about Unity teachings is the spiritual tools they offer. And, you know, I'm practicing these spiritual tools just as you are. And so I am not an expert. And yet I keep plugging away. And I know that you do too. We keep learning. We keep taking it into our mind and heart. And, they, and as we practice the spiritual tools that unity offers, we're able to grasp them with our hearts. We're able to, the experiential learning, the experience we gain as we practice them really is transformative. It works as we work it. The five principles that is the base of unity teachings are, um, as we know, principle number one, God is. God is omniscience. God is omnipresence. God is om omnipotence. This means all knowledge, all everywhere present, all, all presence, and everywhere, you know, um, or excuse me, omnipotence is all powerful, actually all power. Because we're describing not a person, but a beingness. God is beingness everywhere present. And because it's everywhere present, it includes all of us. And so we know that we are divine. And so we stake our claim on our divinity as we practice the teachings we are learning. Principle number three is human beings create their reality by choosing their thoughts. You are the thinker, not the thought. Louise Hay talks about this in her book that I'm reading, Life Loves You. She says, thoughts are actually neutral. We are the ones that put the positive or negative charge on these thoughts that we, we have, and they can be changed in an instant. You are the thinker. And the last, last two so-called principles, which are um, prayer and taking action, are actually practices. These are the practices that we work in our lives based on the first three principles. Prayer being a practice includes meditation. And this is where we listen to the whisperings of spirit and connect with the silence, the stillness. Things don't necessarily have to be silent. The stillness that we connect with within. It's the beingness. And we come to know our own beingness within the beingness everywhere present. We affirm what we are, a divine being with powers to create shifts in consciousness. The second practice, getting into action. When we work the truth that we are learning, 
our life works the way we want it. Free. We want to be free. We don't want to be in bondage or trapped by old thoughts and feelings. We want to be free. Expectation that others have to change or that things have to change before I can be happy. So our interior life, our consciousness, step by step, we take action to change into the people that we know we are deep in our core. The five, going back to the prayer practice, the, the fourth principle or practice, there's, in unity, there's five steps that we take in, in prayer. Relaxation is the first movement. Concentration, meditation, realization, and appreciation. So I'm taking a prayer class with Linda Martella Whitset and Deanne Morenci. They are two teachers at UWM and they're offering a Zoom class right now that I'm loving. It's called Affirmative Prayer Practice for the 21st Century. And they've expanded this five-step prayer practice with some new language that I found really helpful. Relaxation, they say, is more than opening our bodies into a relaxed state. It's about opening our minds and our hearts, releasing fixed ideas of what we want or what we think the outcome should be. So it's opening our hearts and our minds to something new. What can spirit inform us of? What can spirit show us? You know, what can I learn? We become teachable when we open. Concentration is a recognition that God is. So that's our first principle. God is. And knowing that, we know that. I am. I am in that wonderful beingness that God is. So I can claim my own divinity. With that knowledge, the spiritual I am that I am, then I can decide <clears throat> how can I move forward with what I need? as I pray about this condition or the circumstance. So a really good question to ask is, what part of God being all present, being all powerful, what part of God do I need right now? And then we can claim that power, I am. And then we can meditate and realize, which are the third and fourth movements of this five-step uh, prayer. We go into meditation and contemplate, I am this particular power or this particular quality that God means to me. And then gratitude and appreciation. So I'm going to return to this five-step prayer process 
later in the talk so that because I'll give you an example and perhaps it'll become um, even more powerfully clear for you. So <clears throat> the practice of prayer is what unity is based on because Charles and Myrtle Fillmore became proficient at affirmative prayer and used it to heal themselves. Myrtle healed herself of TB and Charles healed himself of bodily ailments that he suffered. And then they taught others to do the same and they, their consciousness is still alive and well in unity. And we continue to practice and teach others to do the same. So prayer practice is a great help in helping us to think rightly our third principle, realizing that we are indeed divine beings expressing as the I am. We, we alleviate and soothe our sufferings. Our divine beingness soothes our human being. So that's what we do when we when we pray. Jim Rose Murphy gives us this scenario in his book, The Sacred Human. If you I'm going to talk about this scenario in a second. First, I'm going to remind you that in, in August, I talked about The Sacred Human written by Jim Rose Murphy. And he talked about accepting ourselves, how important that is, and how easy it is to forget to do that. And then also to forget to accept others as we accept ourselves. So we're going to talk about and move into the last few chapters of his book, which um, deal with accepting others as ourselves. We've made progress in accepting ourselves. And now we want to extend the same gift of acceptance to others. And then we truly find out how much am I accepting of myself? Because to the extent that I can accept someone else is the exact same extent that I am accepting of myself. It's a mirror. So he gives this scenario of this little girl who wanders into a business meeting, but she's weeping. And he says, you know, would you ignore her? Or would you tell her she must leave? Because this is, after all, a business meeting of adults. And she doesn't belong. Mm, probably not. You probably go to her, bend down, to her level and say, what, what's happened? What's happened for you, darling? And how can I help? And you'd listen and you'd pay attention and you'd resolve the matter. She would become the most important thing in the room going on. The meeting would come to a halt. She would get the attention that she needed. Jim says that that's, a metaphor or an example of our sacred child, our sacred human self. That's what happens um, to our sacred child. Sometimes in the past, we've ignored that child. 
And as we use our spiritual tools, we come to realize we can't ignore that anymore. This is the divine child within that we must bend down and listen to and ask, what is it, darling? You know, what is your hurt and how can I help? And so I've been practicing this self-acceptance um, even recently, I'm taking it more and more into my heart. I'm um, accepting her more and more. And she's opening up. So I asked her, what, what has hurt you, you know, the most? What is it? What is it? Because I can feel her unhappiness. And she said, misunderstanding. You know, and oftentimes we can feel our hurt little child when we get triggered. And so that's what happened for me. And so she said, misunderstanding, being misunderstood, being judged, you know, not seen for who I am, not, not seen, just being treated as an object who, who didn't matter as much as other people you know, a second best feeling. And um, and so she had feelings about that. Fear, anger, anxiousness. She felt brokenhearted. Disappointed, forlorn, and lonely. And her needs, acceptance, Closeness, self-worth, consideration, empathy, reassurance, support, trust, understanding, and respect are all things that my adult self can give her now. And so I'm learning to accept myself. I'm learning to give the parts of myself that I don't like or that feel uncomfortable or that bring up memories or feelings that make me feel unhappy i'm willing to look at it to listen to her and to face face to look at what it is that needs to be healed listen to her love her heal her and so this is my invitation to you to the extent that you've done that is the extent that you can be alive, alive to yourself and alive to others. And as I was in this process, the scripture that came to my mind, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's from Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Wow, I thought, that's exactly right. My authentic child self, which experienced rejection by the people closest to her, and then ultimately by my adult self, has become the cornerstone upon which I am building acceptance, love, a forgiving, loving, accepting consciousness. She's the authentic true self, the divine child. That has become the most important stone, the foundation stone. 
Well, the very thing that I believe all my life needed to be changed because she was not acceptable to others, to myself. I kept trying to change her was the very thing that needed to be honored, accepted. And she is the cornerstone of the found, the foundation of the building that will be, um, that is my consciousness of love. Does that make sense? It's so liberating when you, when, when we contemplate it. In the scripture, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The next line is, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Charles Fillmore, in his book, The Revealing Word, metaphysically interprets Lord as the activity of the spiritual I am as our ruling consciousness. It is the creative power within us. So you see, this is how we make it happen. We realize that we are the thinker, that we are the spiritual I am, that we can change our stories from what doesn't serve us anymore to what does serve us. So the story of not being acceptable doesn't serve us anymore. If it ever did, it's really just a tragic cry for love. And we often go about looking for acceptance from other people. That's what I mean. And then when we realize that only the spiritual I am, the creative power within us can give our divine child everything that he or she needs, then we become a powerhouse. Going back to our unity principles, the second principle asserts that you are expressing as the spiritual I am. And you can believe it because you're one with the great I am. So this means getting into action, doesn't it? When we have all this power, why just sit by and watch it get dust on? The spiritual I am that we all are can choose to accept ourselves and others just as we are. You know, we might not like everything about ourselves or about others, and that is okay. I remember in grade two religion class, the teacher let me know that in all of us, the whole class, she told us we didn't have to like a person, but we were called to love that person. And that really, I never forgot it. I really thought, huh, because I had thought that liking and loving were the same thing, but it's not, is it? Liking is a, really just a personal preference. Love is a spiritual quality that God is. And with God, anything is possible. We can love anybody as they are, and they may never change, and that's okay, because we have changed. So love, we can base our lives on, we can trust it, we can build a loving consciousness, we can trust in this cornerstone of acceptance and love. So I thought about the fact that Jesus used this scripture 
you know, the cornerstone um, scripture, the very stone that was rejected by the builder. So he, because he experienced rejection, you know, he had a hurt little boy too. We all do. Nobody is exempt from the sufferings of life. All of us have a divine child and all of us are get hurt. And he, by, by affirming that scripture, it occurs to me that he was using his spiritual I am to soothe, using divine truth to soothe his hurt divine child because rejection hurts. Betrayal hurts. And it cut him to the core. So he moved into action by the power of his spiritual I am. And wielded scripture, the truth that is found in this scripture. He used it to soothe himself and heal himself and have the integrity and power to move forward into the suffering that lay ahead for him overcoming all of the narratives that shouted at him that he was a victim he chose to know otherwise that he was safe in his father's arms through the whole experience through the power of the spiritual i am So Jim Rosemurgy agrees, our humanity and divinity are not to stand apart one from the other, he says. They are to be wed, and the child they are to bear will be a new species, compassionate, creative, and consciously, consciously linked with God. He also says, accepting our own negative thoughts prepares us to accept the limiting thoughts, opinions, and actions of others. So he has some really excellent experiential learning in the book, The Sacred Human. He says, find a person who can be your teacher and who can help you determine how accepting you are of yourself. From a human standpoint, this person must need changing. He or she may be a child, a parent, a co-worker, even a neighbor will do. As the, as the project unfolds, you are to spend time with your teacher and remain sensitive to what's going on in your interior being. Monitor your feelings and inner thoughts. Are you patient? Do you inwardly? condemn the person do you wish the individual would change or stop the disturbing behavior do you make helpful little suggestions by spending time with this person you will learn about yourself and how fully alive you are so i i took this on i thought okay this is perfect i want to learn this stuff so um, I chose actually my mom, whom I always dread visiting because it's we've always had a complicated relationship and it feels like an obligation when I go see her at her retirement residence. But changing this whole, um, my whole outlook, my whole mindset to um, remembering that I am the thinker, changing my own mindset to this is 
this is a project of accept of acceptance. And I'm going to see how much I accept myself. So I went to visit her and I kept mindful through the whole situation. And I saw something new. I saw how vulnerable I looked at her hands. And as I was listening to her and I saw, you know, vulnerability, I just, I just sensed that in her, the way, the way she was moving her hands, fidgeting a little bit. And, and she was talking, you know, the way she usually talks, which, you know, can be very sorrowful and very, um, you know, down, very, she can be very down try to move in and make her feel better or try to make any helpful little suggestions. And I just became very attentive and monitored my own interior process. And, you know, I, it helped me so much. I walked away with a buoyant step in my, in my, as I was walking and I felt different. I felt like, you know, I could actually visit her more often, you know, as I practice this, this discipline, this spiritual discipline of acceptance. It really freed me a lot. And I want to tell you about another little um, example. And that was, um, I made an appointment with a health professional and I mixed up the time and I showed up 45 minutes late. It was an honest mistake. I had mixed things up. And when I got there, I was reminded that I was late and that she wouldn't be able to accommodate me and that she was going to charge me the full price, um, which is an expensive out-of-pocket experience for me. And I was upset. And I asked her actually to um, consider reducing the rate um, to 50% as the charge for me missing the appointment. And she said she would think about it. And in the end, she said no, that she wouldn't do that, that she didn't think it was fair to other people that, you know, suffer the same mistake and get charged the full amount. You know, I, I went through a whole process of feeling very angry and very, um, I had a lot of stories and judgments about how I thought she was too strict and how I found that very fearful that she was so strict. And, and then I was mad at myself and I was also, um, upset with, um, just, just the whole situation and, I moved into the five-step prayer process, which I want to share with you. So going back to the five-step prayer process, God is, right? God is. First, we relax. The first step is relaxation. I opened to a new way of thinking. The second step is God is. Well, what? does God mean to me in this situation? What do I need from God in this situation? What quality of God is going to serve me? And I thought, you know, what I need is forgiveness. So I affirmed God is forgiveness. 
And because God is and I am the one and the same, made of the same stuff, I could claim I am forgiveness. So going into meditation and meditating on I am forgiveness, I could move into realization. I spent some time in the silence and I could accept the truth that I am forgiveness. I realized I can do this. I can forgive. And that led me into appreciation and gratitude for this realization that I am forgiveness and that I can forgive. And so I totally transformed my whole experience. Nothing had to change. I still have to pay the full amount. And I came to a peace with it. I called my husband and I told him about it and I affirmed with him, I'm going to forgive her completely. I have forgiven her completely. And, you know, I wept because it was a release. I was done and I was at peace with myself. I had to forgive myself too. I had made the error. So it was not only, it was about the whole situation, myself, her, the whole situation. And then I let her know. So I, I'm really proud of myself that I was courageous and in integrity all the way around. And it was the prayer practice that was a spiritual tool in my tool case. So for any job, we need the right tools to get the work done. With spiritual development, we need our spiritual tools. That being said, I want you to consider the spiritual tool of prayer, how you can use it in the week ahead. So let us go into meditation and perhaps think of a situation that you would like to resolve. By resolve, I mean be at peace with yourself about it. Think about what God is to you in that situation, how God can can help you be what you are in that situation, be the power that you are. So let us go into meditation with these thoughts, these divine ideas, and consider them for a couple of minutes.
We affirm. We have the creative power within us because the spiritual I am is what we are. And we carry this forth into our week ahead, practicing and learning and being all that we can be in Christ. Amen. And the church said, amen. And so it is. Marietta, thank you so much. That was really helpful and useful and will carry us all week and into our meditation workshop next Sunday and beyond. Thank you very much. So it's time now for our offering. We want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by mail. We continue to appreciate any checks that are sent here to the church at a since Carly at 98531. You can also join on our website at unityofcentralia.net. And additionally, thank you for all the other ways you get of your time and talent. And for those of you who are going to put out a few flowers So let's say our offering prayer as we hold our offering in our hands and hearts. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give all that I receive, and all that I am. All right, let's say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly, and so it is. <clears throat> and it's time for our healing prayer. If you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, you can speak out their name or hold them quietly in your hearts. Members of our church have requested that we send our healing prayers and energy to all people and animals displaced by war and natural disasters. And of course, we are all thinking of the people in Gaza and the larger Middle East area. And I just heard earlier so many phrases from Dallas and Linda and Tom and Mariette and um, let me share some of those. I can see you whole and free. I see you ever blessed. Led by God in all you do. 
calling out to hungry hearts. Hold space for a miracle. We all want to be free and loved. We also ask for healing prayers for people in our community who struggle to meet basic human needs and those that you now mention. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And together, let's say our prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. And if you will stand, we will sing the peace song. And while you are getting ready, I want to take a minute to thank Mariette for her wonderful talk, for um, Tom for the reading. Johnny for all the great slides, for Dallas and Linda and the music, and for all of you for being here. And next week, our speaker will be Reverend John Wing, who will then do the uh, meditation workshop after our uh, fellowship time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.